0: I knew a guy in high school and his name was Wetzel and everyone called him wet smell oh. <laughs> and he hated it.
1: Well, I mean, it's well, no, this is more wet white smell. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nobody, nobody likes being called wet smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I get it. Wet smell. <laughs> you
1: know, you'd
2: kill himself. Do... Oh, no,
0: no, no, he didn't. no he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's there's very few wet smells that are good. <laughs> let's start a list number one coming I was, in at, I was trying to think can, <laughs> what is a good tropical
3: fruit <laughs> tropical fruit I was just trying to think
0: can, uh, can be dried
1: yeah <laughs> we're brainstorming now this is the next 15 minutes we're brainstorming good right. wet smells good <laughs> 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 or we could just Start the. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know or, how many times I've smelled it in my life, but for some reason, like wet cardboard comes to mind. But how many times have I actually mm. smelled wet cardboard? I know. I'm not mm. saying that's a good smell. It's just mm. the, the wet smell that came. To, how many? I don't know. Right, wet cement, like after a rain, it's
3: really nice mm. kind of smell.
1: Oh, you mean like wet, like rained on cement, not like just poured <laughs> cement. <laughs> right. Because I can't think of the smell <laughs> of freshly poured cement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I should get the hell out of my way. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: let's, uh, oh, they're going to drop uh, smells throughout the show into the chat. So we'll uh, we'll check in over there. Uh, <laughs> let's get the show started,
0: shall we? Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists... Commissioned three specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they will now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called
1: Stab. Stab begins! (laughs) Stupid. Let's meet the members of tonight's panel. Our first panelist arm wrestles Trees for Charity and to date has raised probably about as much as you would expect. He's a Stab Show favorite and all-around funny person. It's Trip Hazard. Our second panelist can see in three dimensions. She's the co-host of the talkie show. It's Aviva Seagull. And our third panelist just doesn't even know what to say to you right now. You should probably just go to your room. He's Stab Man number one. It's Tyler Kenny! And I'm your host, Jesse Jones after you take a picture of both the front and back of me, please take care to destroy the original. Welcome to the Stab Show. It's the show we call Stab because that's its name. Let's meet tonight's panel. Trip Hazard. Hey, buddy. It's been a little while. How are you?
3: I'm well. I just got my uh, sixth year at the place I work at. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Is that like...
1: Specifically, do you get like a, like a pin or something it's for six? <laughs> uh,
3: I get a cost of living raise. Oh, well, that's, that,
1: that's better. Right? Because I remember, yeah. uh, not to make it about me, but I will. Um, <laughs> I delivered uh, chicken for KFC while I was in junior college. It's about as glamorous as it sounds. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for, for your year your anniversary, you're supposed to get a little like lapel pin of the colonel. Uh, and I actually had to track them down to give me mine.
3: <laughs> Man, I feel like just a little chicken leg would have been cooler than of the car- <laughs> well, uh,
1: I And you got what you deserved. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I certainly never got a cost-of-living raise. Um, that is. So awesome. See, this is good. <laughs> Usually when I ask people how they're doing, I forget that everyone is doing terrible all the time now and it's usually right. usually bad, but you actually came in with a positive.
3: Well, I tried to, you know, comedy is all about breaking expectations. <laughs> so, sure. All yeah. right. I could have gone negative. You could. I don't leave my house, uh, and some people like that, but I don't. So, um, I, I was thinking earlier, I'm uh, like Daenerys Targaryen. I'm the unburned, um, but lots of folks around me are not. Yeah. So, I've, Sorry, I got negative again. That's all right. You got a cost limit raise.
1: Woo! <laughs> That's nice. Gainfully employed. Good for you. Aviva Siegel, hey there.
2: How are you? Hi. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Lounging and comfy.
2: <laughs> sure am.
1: How, uh, at, at the risk of uh, uh, getting a, a 2020 answer, how how are things?
2: not too bad they're, yep. they're, things are pretty good um relatively in the in the seagull smith household um you know he got a uh, two kitties got a uh, this is ham bone over here so oh, yes. we gotta messy. get
1: a ham bone oh got a little ham bone oh you
2: oh, She she's taking a nap won't won't just be <laughs> disturbing her I've um, been, uh, you know, annoying my neighbors with my uh, banjo. Nice. Uh, they don't like that at all. <laughs> um, I brought it uh, outside to play recently, and my neighbor was out there, and she immediately went inside her apartment. She wanted no part of that. Um, And I had a hot dog for dinner, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing.
1: You guys have really turned to this uh, how you doing question back around
0: for me.
3: <laughs> I made a ham bone soup this week. Oh, uh, really? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> no. Uh,
0: oh, no. I've have, I've have a banjo right behind me, actually.
2: Yeah. Oh shit! Oh
1: shit! Yeah. Well, are we gonna duel? I'm, no. I'm gonna prove it <laughs> Oh, yeah, we could do is.
2: dueling banjos. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, I thought we were. Oh okay. shit! No, we don't actually. We'll save okay, that. Okay, we could
3: do it later. <laughs> I'm the guy that brings a trombone to a banjo fight. <laughs> 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 I feel
1: ridiculous. Uh, um, was I right that you're uh, you're still co-hosting Talkies?
2: Is that right? That's, yeah, okay. yeah, it's tomorrow actually. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Come uh, on, come on by.
1: Yeah, I was. We're, we'll get to plugs later, but we can do it now too. Where where do where can people usually see Talkies?
2: Um, it's on Twitch as well. I think it's slash Talkies Show, but you can also come in the Zoom room. Oh, nice. And the ID is just on the flyer, so if you. I'll, yeah I'll tell you tell you about it later <laughs> sure yeah we'll get, to later.
1: The, we'll get to the plugs at the appropriate <laughs> plug time um, I do agree with Law over here in the chat two banjos and a trombone does sound like a good time <laughs> 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 got, got got your Dixieland all over the place here uh, <laughs> Tyler hey welcome back hey how are how, how, how are how are your
0: things pretty good yeah um Yeah, you mentioned uh, the colonel. Yeah, and I'm I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was, I was feeding ducks in a cemetery where (laughs) the colonel is buried (laughs) yesterday. All right, and they were aggressive, aggressive ducks. Uh, Just on theme, banjo. All
3: right, I mean, (laughs) colonel. If if you fed chickens in the cemetery where he's buried, I feel like that's like you're trying to spite him. (laughs) Like they get on without you.
1: Oh there you go. No. Alyssa Alyssa sharing the talkies uh a link <laughs> in the in the chat there. Um <clears throat> I saw I saw recently um and made a reference to it because it seemed weird, but that's the way things are nowadays. Uh there was like a a a meme post or not even meme, just a picture of uh, hi, I'm a duck. I don't you shouldn't feed me bread because it's bad for me and instead bring like lettuce or something. Uh, it was so, but did you still just throw wet bread at the Colonel's Ducks?
0: You know, I brought <laughs> wet bread, nice and moist. No, it, and I, I Googled it, too, because I'm like, yeah, I heard this, like, murders them, yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It's just, like, fast food. Yeah. Okay. It's How a, did
3: the bread animal.
0: smell? <laughs> <laughs> it was a wet smell.
3: Was it, was it a good wet
0: smell or no? Like a wet concrete, but not wet concrete.
1: Yeah, Just was,
0: moistened concrete after yeah. it's dry.
3: Sure.
0: sure. No, no. I brought mostly Cheerios, but I was afraid to feed them because they were so aggressive. I was like, <laughs> if I bring food in this equation, these ducks are going to really go for it.
1: They're aggressive without food on the table. I'm he not kidding. Yeah, I sat there on
0: the a memorial bench and <laughs> they were all around me and my boy.
1: Well, uh, this was an altogether different reaction to how how are you doing? Uh, and i'm I'm all for it. so <laughs> so let's get into the thing. Yeah uh, starting in segment one, which is uh, the appropriate place to start. It's reorganization. you know how it goes this is how we generally do things. Uh, please take the following acronym and reimagine it. Who or what might it now represent? Calendars! They seem pretty trivial this year, what with never having to be anywhere or know any when for pages at a time, but apparently there's a lot of people who make calendars. There seem to be so many different companies making slow wall chronometers that the abbreviation YACC, or Yet Another Calendar Company, was apparently deemed essential. I searched Yet Another Calendar Company to confirm this information, only to find barely any references to it. But there it is anyway. 12 hours completely wasted. <clears throat> so how about you tell me who or what else YAC, Y-A-C-C, might stand for or represent to you? Because I'm never looking at another calendar again. Uh, Trip Hazard, give me your Y-A-C-C.
3: Okay. Yas, Queen, is so yesteryear. It sounds charming and quaint upon the ears of those live. Those of us living here in the first 2020 uh, unnecessary adaptation for necessarily more serious and earnest existence. Uh, the new hip app acronym is YACC Yak queen. It stands for you against climate change. That's a simple way for folks to casually check that the person they're talking to is doing their best to live in the reality based community and acknowledging their opposition to and their own tiny steps to hopefully slow the early onset of the looming ironic. Heat death that will almost certainly wipe everyone out on this planet. If you respond to an offered yak, uh, with just a calm yak, in this case, it means yes, and also cease COVID. Uh, it saves <laughs> both of you the long conversation wherein you just exchange sighs from behind your masks. Nope. Fellow believers, I have to interrupt this. For an important message, you need to know this new evil, wicked thing you definitely should be afraid of and don't think it's cool or intriguing. In their satanic history of being both openly evil and also simultaneously secretly evil, the rock musicians with their devil beats have laughed in the face of us white, uh, right-minded innocent folks much like how kiss was definitely chosen as an acronym for knights and satan service and acdc was absolutely chosen as an acronym for antichrist devil child and you two totally stood for undermine theocracies wherever openly the godless monsters have started sharing a code where they say yak to each other my underground observation and analysis have found it means youth against christian churches and young antichrists celebrate corruption Despite controlling the presidency, the Senate, the Supreme Court, most governorships, giant corporations, media conglomerates, and social media companies, we are under attack by these devilish oppressors, and you need to be afraid. Please buy my book or my DVDs or these brain pails, proper meals, and gold that I'm selling in order to hear more of the truth. How this yacking is what will definitely lead your children's lives getting worse, which they totally wouldn't otherwise.
1: All right. <laughs> Trip Hazards, y- Yak. And um, for, for the listening audience, uh, I'm sure you could hear the changing in Trip's part uh, <laughs> that really signified that character change. Uh, so thank you again, Trip. Uh, Aviva, Thanks. Yak, Y-A-C-C, what's that about to you, though?
2: Sure. Um, Now, uh, now for too long, um, air conditioning technology has been dominated by the old guard of the HVAC industry. Mm -hmm. Now, do we really want a bunch of, um, sorry, old old geezers leading the current state of air conditioning? I I don't think so. Uh, You know, how are the the youngest generation of, um, you know, air conditioning technicians supposed to get their voices heard? uh introducing the yacc the uh, youth air conditioning council <laughs> now the youth air conditioning council it gives young air conditioning enthusiasts a-, a chance to get their voices heard you know um and for our youngest <laughs> fuck out of here handbone. uh for our youngest um ac hopefuls we have the uh ya double double cc Did I see that? that makes sense hmm. Uh, We have the YACC Scouts, where young boys and girls, they can earn their patches and things like, you know, drainage issues, um, fixing frozen condenser coils, uh, yeah, repairing broken compressor fans, um, really fun stuff for uh, the youth of today. That's YACC, home of the coolest kids in town. (laughs) Cool.
1: Viva Siegel. Y.A.C.C. (laughs) And again, I don't have to tell the listening audience uh, that deep lean in (laughs) (laughs) for the coolest kids. Uh, (laughs) Too long the youth has been locked out of air conditioning repair. It's been said. (laughs) A huge problem. (laughs) Thank you, Aviva. Uh, Tyler, one would assume you have a Y.A.C.C. as well. Why not share it then?
0: Sure. Uh, YACC is shorthand uh, for you already came, chief. And it's it's, uh, when you have to break it to a dude that he's already busted. Because often it's necessary to politely inform a bro that he's already spilt seed. Like maybe you're on the bus and some Randy fellow is sexually threatening women. You notice a damp spot on the crotch of his khakis and you lean in and say, that's all well and good sport but yak, you already came chief. Or maybe you're being propositioned by the native American member of the village people. Uh, And he's promising a long night peeking in a moccasin full of ejaculate. Then you notice a dark smear on his fringed leather loincloth and you know better. Just say yak, you already came chief. And then you thank him for the poppers and you head back to the dance floor and no one is offended. (laughs) <laughs> um or maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: excuse me you, maybe you find yourself sponge basic, sponge bathing your dementia adult step grandfather and he mistakes you for one of his navy buddies from the war mm-hmm. and he proposes that you do that thing that got him through the south pacific deployment but just then you notice an ivory rope rising to the top of the bathwater, and all you need to say is i'm not your navy buddy and the war is long over and yak. <laughs> you already came, chief. That's what I thought. Give me that music.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Did you like to... the the money chain shot? Like the money shot? I guess is the music, well. Yeah. Right?
1: I mean, in a way, I didn't want to say it.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, you pulled that <laughs> lever, and
1: just didn't want to make yeah. sure I stepped on even uh, a little bit of that yak. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Don't want to. Get my toes caught in that. Uh, Tyler Kenny, you already came, chief. Um, And that leads, uh, dovetails perfectly into segment two. (laughs) Bathroom wall. Hey, we're going to try this one again. Um, It should be fine once you hear what the bathroom wall is for. But uh, so people get bored sitting on the can. So they got to defile something besides just the bowl. Please give me three pieces of graffiti, crude carvings, sharpie drawings, Or what other stall, art, and musings you might find in the bathroom of the following places. This week, (coughs) each of you give me three pieces from the bathroom walls of heaven. See? It's going to be fine, guys. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Uh, So we'll do one at a time, uh, round the horn a couple times. You guys, uh, I'm sure you got it. Um, So we'll start with, Trip. your first uh,
3: bathroom wall uh in heaven <clears throat> while i sit in contemplation i wanted to express my admiration and gratitude for fred rogers for his deep concern and care for the children of the world his anti-racism efforts and his authenticity without your efforts fred i likely would not be here today <laughs> well that's nice see guys <laughs> i told you it's gonna be fine <laughs> No. <laughs>
1: Uh, Aviva uh, your first piece from the bathroom walls of heaven
2: um someone on the wall just they wrote glory glory hallelujah and it's pointing to a glory hole. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I would expect nothing less see guys it's uh Tyler Kenny your first piece from a bathroom wall in heaven
0: says for a good time called John 316 (laughs) stupid
1: (laughs) oh I mean (laughs) I I imagine phone numbers are shorter in heaven Uh, (laughs) ideally yeah it's probably not that many to go around Uh, trip bathroom wall number two go
3: Uh, This one is in, uh, like, a a plaque or, like, an official signage format. Uh, It says, remember, no praying to these porcelain gods. That'd be idolatry and would result in your instantaneous removal from the premises.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) No no drinking to excess, uh, ideally, in heaven. No need. (laughs) uh, Aviva, uh, piece number two, bathroom walls of heaven.
2: Uh, number two. This is just written right on the wall. It says, Taint Peter opening the burly gates and it's a drawing of a man showing his anus. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: yeah. yeah. No, I can see these exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, Taint Peter. How many times is he going to get that one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tyler, piece number two, bathroom walls of heaven.
0: Uh, This was already covered, but (laughs) I don't have anything else. so It's a glory be to God hole, (laughs) which is just like a normal glory hole, but the spinning light of infinity blows you instead of a closeted middle school vice principal.
1: (laughs) You know, there can be two different takes on heavenly glory holes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) There's no wrong answer here. Uh <laughs> trip y- your final piece of heavenly graffiti.
3: And here I wrote extra in case ours were too similar.
2: <laughs>
3: <clears throat> See what I created on the eighth day, took a look in the bowl. Oh, me, what hath I wrought?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's my it. Time. I thought I thought it was more. okay, I was just wait I was making sure All I wasn't right. gonna step. Uh, that wasn't the long one. Okay. Oh, that wasn't the uh, You had an extra long one, just in case? No. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: I mean, I do, but no.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, that'll be a bonus track. Uh, <laughs> Aviva, your last heavenly uh, wall piece.
2: Last one uh, written on the wall. says says, uh, I went to heaven, and all I got was explosive diarrhea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't expect that in heaven.
2: I know, that's kind of the issue I had. I was like, I thought that that was part of the deal, that we wouldn't need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But I'll I'll accept it. (laughs) Steals up.
0: Yeah.
1: And finally, Tyler, let's uh, get us out of the bathroom in heaven with your last piece.
0: So this isn't graffiti, but I imagine it's something you might see. It's uh, urine-soaked angel feathers littering the floor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I said yeah. just wanted to
0: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a front runner for title. Urine-soaked angel feathers. Um, <laughs> never
3: get a good title.
1: Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to tip it or anything. I mean, that's
3: a good one. That's a really good one.
1: <laughs> that's all right. We've said like a handful of times, oh, here's... And they don't end up being. So you're still in it, Tripp. <laughs> all right, that's segment two. Uh, bathroom walls. Wonderful. Uh, blasphemous and wonderful. Uh segment 3. Uh oh yeah, I wanted to wanted to trot this one out again. Uh, it's I, I've enjoyed the new ones that we've rolled out here in the last uh, couple months. It's closing arguments. This is it. The trial's wrapping up and there's no question. Your client is a hard case. But it's your job to win. And that's just what you're going to do. Deliver to a jury of their peers a powerful closing argument and defense of your assigned clients and convince us all that they're really not as bad as they might initially seem. Uh, all right. Well, here's here's the um, the other fifth for trip uh, <laughs> trip hazard. Your client is that fart right before the job interview that turned out to be something else.
3: So, uh, per usual, I, your style, I tweaked it slightly. That's fine. <clears throat> okay. So you know how a lion eats? Just digs right in. Blood all over his face, unafraid of anything or anything or anyone coming up from behind. You know why? Because he wants it. He deserves that kill, And that's why I'm not even going to sit down for this interview. I'm just going to lean in and look you in the eye and tell you this job is mine. Okay, I'm taking this job. I am already taking it. You are going to let me have this job. Shake my hand, and then I'm gonna back out of the room. My eyes still fresh on this kill, my prize. And you are gonna sit there with tears in your eyes, overwhelmed by my confidence. And, success. and I will start next week. Good day. <laughs>
1: uh, an acceptable twist. <laughs> Instead, it's that powerful man who just charted. <laughs> and we'll be undaunted in that interview. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Aviva, your client. Assuming you decided to do the prompt as asked, uh <laughs> you're fine, Trip. Uh, take that that uh, alternate road. I'm always I'm always uh, up for what uh, how how however people deem to interpret things. That's the best part of the goddamn thing. Uh, Aviva, your client <clears throat> is. Being surprised by a more graphic than expected sex scene while watching a movie with your parents.
2: Sure. Yes. Um, now, Ladies and gentlemen of the, of the jury, uh, when my client was visiting his parents during the holidays, he thought it would be like any other visit. They'd share a few laughs over some boneless wings at Applebee's. Uh, he'd help his mom figure out how to turn the flashlight off on her cell phone pretty standard stuff right yeah that's what he thought um and he thought wouldn't it be great if we all gathered together to watch a a wholesome family flick wouldn't that be nice so he purchased a a movie on amazon um and what he thought was going to be the movie wild hogs uh ended up being the raunchy neo-noir sex thriller wild things (laughs) still thinking the movie was wild hogs he thought to himself where is tim allen where is martin lawrence where where the hell is william h macy he was confused they everyone was confused not a motorcycle in sight then the three-way scene started mm, everyone got re- really weird <laughs> Dad tried to break the tension by saying, well, that sure is one wild hog, but no one laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Mom looked scared. (laughs) Mom looked scared. (laughs) Afterward, my client said, I have to go to the bathroom, and he did. Everyone went to bed immediately after the movie was over, and it was only 7 p.m., Uh, Based on the evidence presented to you, I think it's clear that no one ever wanted this to happen. And hopefully after my client um, wins this case, which I think will happen, um, hopefully uh, watching movies that contain sex scenes with your parents will be outlawed forever. Um, That's my hope. Thank thank you.
1: (laughs) Powerful argument. That's one wild hog. Uh <laughs> Viva Siegel uh arguing for uh being surprised by a, a more graphic than expected sex scene while watching a movie with her parents. There you are. Clear. I mean, how could it be more clear?
3: Uh That actually happened to me, uh, with my parents and grandparents for the movie Looper. We just thought it was a safe action film and there is a it's solid scene in the in the middle of the movie. There is not it's a different kind of action. <clears throat> that was a weird several minutes. Everyone just being like Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they <in> a luber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is this really young uh, Bruce Willis? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Ugh. That's all I remember. I did watch that movie. That's weird. That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember the sex scene. I just remember that twist. Bruce uh, Willis
0: fucks his younger self. Hey, yeah pretty hot
1: (laughs) more movies include that (laughs) scene than you'd think (laughs) Uh, final closing argument from Tyler Kenny Uh, this is a tough one you uh, are giving your closing arguments uh, for both going the same direction after saying your goodbyes
0: your honor ladies and gentlemen of the jury we have each set our piece We have exchanged information about how our parents are doing, both fine. We have divulged what we are up to, both same old, same old. We have even promised to stay in touch. We won't. And now we find ourselves walking in the same direction. Maybe we parked in the same lot, or maybe we just chose the wrong arbitrary direction and are now bound by that mental coin toss. We have parted ways, but have our ways parted us? Must we separate while we relocate? I say no, we are all adults here. We can walk silently next to each other after having ended our interpersonal pleasantries. We can glance at our phones or check our pocket for our phones or just <laughs> squint into the sunlight. Uh, now, the prosecution would have you believe that we live in a world where once a conversation ends, the participants must immediately sprint in opposite directions, whether that means bounding into traffic or kicking over a baby stroller whether that means darting off a cliff and being brained upon the rocks or somersaulting into an active volcano really imagine that the carnage and for what where does it all end this is just an awkward reality of engaging in a conversation in the first place all conversations must end at some point and humans must part ways we must separate eventually if that wasn't true We'd all just be merging into amorphous blobs of teeth and hair every time we run into an acquaintance at the farmer's market. Is that the world you prefer? A bunch of rolling flesh orbs leaving viscous trails of fluid, all because we simply can't say our goodbyes and leave in the same direction? The prosecution would have it that way, but I am more hopeful for humanity. I ask the jury to consider this as you make your judgment. If at any point after we say our goodbyes and we catch each other's eyes as we walk off in the same direction, could we not just simply smile stiffly and make a swift nasal exhaling sound as if to say, same direction, am I right? Would this not diffuse the tension? After all, are we not all human? Or have we all resigned to falling into volcanoes and merging into limbless flesh mobs? I rest my case, Your Honor.
1: (laughs) Damn it. it. There it is. right, closing argument. Tyler, Kenny, <laughs> both going the same direction after saying your goodbyes. And just like that, we're already in segment four. Or, just like that, we're finally into segment four. You choose your own speed. Uh, segment four, versus v. versus. Trotting this out for the first time in a little bit, too. Uh, so, I'll explain it to you. That's how this works. Uh, we are a violent animal, humans. Uh, and where the, when there isn't a fight directly in front of us, we like to imagine awesome made-up fights and how they might turn out, to feed our dumb reptilian brain. With that in mind, light up the battlefield in your mind and explain to me what would happen in a fight between these things. Who would win? How? And why? Uh, Trip. Ah, um, <coughs> I think I had something much more mundane, and then I went off into the fantastical. So, your uh, your your task here is to tell us who would win. In a fight between a super-intelligent shark with an army of telepathic bees versus a sentient monster truck made of skateboards and chainsaws.
3: Classic. <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome to Extremeville Sports Network. Today, uh, before us, uh, clearly we expect this battle to be held with All the gravity and honor as befitting two long-standing powerhouses such as these. The combatants agreed uh, beforehand to Duchess of Queensbury rules, which entails uh, they could not do battle on land, nor uh, that would advantage the sentient monster truck made of skateboards and chainsaws, nor could they do battle in the sea, where obviously the superintelligent shark would have a home surf advantage, (laughs) which means our battle will take place here, now, in the sky. And we're off the two behemoths have been released from their corresponding carrier jets and wow would you look at that both of them just plummeting from the sky oh it seems like they're going to reach terminal velocity soon and that could spell disaster for both of them the sentient monster truck made of skateboards and chainsaws has maneuvered some sort of its some of its skateboards beneath its wheels and is using the, some of the chainsaw's as wings or blades it's attempting to sky surf like this is the late 1990s incredible <laughs> simply incredible but it's still a, Abysmally shaped uh, from an aerodynamic standpoint and the chainsaws may not be enough to turn the tide. Speaking of tides and abysses, the plural of abyss, the army of telepathic bees have surrounded the superintelligent shark and are acting as some sort of supersuits that provide lift in the power of flight, a, a yellow jacket, if you will. Uh, the bees seem to be slowing its descent, giving the superintelligent shark the, the high ground. Uh, And the bees now seem to be aiming the super-intelligent shark at the windshield of the sentient monster truck made of skateboards and chainsaws, seemingly aiming to take out its eyes. Now, arguably, the eyes would be the headlights, but uh, that would make the windshield its skull, or possibly nostril. I've been giving no details on the corresponding animal anatomy of the, oh my goodness, straight through the windshield, there is blood and glass everywhere, (laughs) and the two beasts are now tangled together in a uh, mass of metal teeth and skateboards, and also chainsaws have teeth, so it was a double entendre there, and <clears throat> a dull thud rings out as they fall to the earth. It's fallen angels in unyielding combat, their hatred for one another unwittingly driving them to their own destruction. Oh, these two titans, they're not enough to survive. Their foolish pride, oh hubris, what hath thou wrought? We mourn now, it's the never is yet beauty they might have shared with our world. A single skateboard wheel still spins in the silent breeze. The winner is an army of telepathic bees, betrayers, who bow to no superintelligent shark, who answer to none but themselves, or presumably their shadowy spymaster queen.
1: (laughs) Trip hazard. Uh, giving us the clearly only way that a battle between a super intelligent shark with an army of telepathic bees against a sentient monster truck made of skateboards and chainsaws could possibly have ended. Uh, right. Makes perfect sense to put them on neutral ground, uh, free falling <laughs> from the sky. Yeah. Thank you, Trip. Uh, Aviva. Oh, this is this is a toughie. Uh, wow. it's, it's the age-old question: Who would win? In a battle between one Karen versus one thousand managers,
2: a lot of managers. (laughs) So uh, the Karen walks into the arena, which is a grocery store, and she's immediately pissed. She's mad that the store no longer carries her favorite brand of premium diced chicken. She's furious. The the thousand managers all at once try to reason with her using the power of common sense, but that is no use. She has a very spiky haircut. It resembles that of like a bleached ankylosaurus. It's a spiky dinosaur. Mm -hmm. The spikes suddenly retract from her body, stabbing several of the managers. Quite a scene. She gets just, she does get distracted when she sees several young black men minding their own business. That's when the managers think we have a shot. So they start, they attempt to film her in the act of harassing them, Mm -hmm. but that actually only makes her grow stronger, unfortunately. Now this Karen is also not wearing a mask in the store and because she claims she has a breathing problem. Um, and the managers are like, what what what's your breathing problem? And she's like, my doctor told me I don't have to wear a mask. And they're like, what's your condition? And she's like, I don't have to tell you; it's confidential. <laughs> now she's really mad. Yeah. And then she like just immediately infects all the managers with COVID, and then she wins. So she then she wins the battle. Yeah. So they all get sick.
1: Plays the yeah. long game. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and really, at that point, a thousand infected or about let's let's call it like nine hundred fifty uh, infected managers after the spike attack. Um, sure, just exponentially infecting more people. Uh, Karen has taken out tens tens of thousands at that point. So,
2: what?
1: I apologize. Um, <laughs> thank you, FIBA. One Karen versus one thousand managers. I think we all sort of got where that was going. Uh, <laughs> 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 Tyler Kinney. Uh, What did we end? Ah, yes. Mm. Just as age old. um, Some could argue more. Who would win in a battle between Existential Dread versus Unbridled Joy?
0: This is going to be a bloodbath. (laughs) Uh, Unbridled Joy enters the ring to much fanfare. His walkout music is Len's 1999 hit, Steal My Sunshine. He waves to the adoring crowd under a rain of confetti. Unbridled joy smiles broadly, eyes bright, somehow making eye contact with every individual in an entire arena all at once. He blows a kiss to his beaming mother in the front row. Existential dread is already waiting in a dark corner of the ring, wrapped in a dirty blanket. Had he slept there the night before, or has he always just been there? His head is hung low, and he's unengaged in the pageantry. He's alert but detached, as if he already knows the outcome of the fight, because he fucking does. (laughs) The bell rings as Unbridled Joy shouts something reassuring to his mother. But before he can turn to his opponent, he sees blood splatter across his mom's wincing face. It is his own blood. The fight has already begun. Although Unbridled Joy was caught off guard, he quickly regains his composure. His cheerful smile returns, but it's only a moment before an axe handle propels a tooth into the back of his throat. We were allowed to bring axe handles, he asked out loud, through his broken maw. Existential dread is drawing up for another blow. He didn't ask anyone about outside weapons, because axe handles just happen, because this is life. Unbridled Joy's mother watches the continual rising and falling of the axe handle, obscured by the heaving form of existential dread. She hears the wet thuds of her boy being reduced. She wonders to herself, was this all her mistake? Bringing joy into the world only to have it be obliterated? What was it all for? He's gone now and she's alone, changed forever, a husk. Is it worth seeing a flash of light if it only serves to illuminate an eternity of darkness? She turns to leave, but only makes it a few steps before she feels a wet hand tugging at her dress. It's existential dread. Suddenly sheepish. I'm your boy now, mommy. Call me Diane, she says, wiping blood from his sunken cheeks. His hand in hers, they exit past the snack bar into the parking lot under a starless sky. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh.
1: oh. oh existential dread versus <clears throat> unbridled joy
0: i apologize Do a lot of people cry on the show or <laughs> <laughs> is that just me
1: uh, you know i mean <laughs> a lot of people are calling their moms now uh, <laughs> so it's fine oh god damn it um all right that was versus b versus which brings us to a, an old favorite to get us out of the show. It's movie makeup. Uh, Drive-in movie theaters once ruled the landscape. Then they were torn down to make room for shopping malls. Shopping malls have been dead for a decade, and now would would be uh, the new golden age of drive-ins, if they still existed. People are stupid, is mostly what I'm saying. Uh, But if I'm saying anything else, it's that movies are rad. Give me the synopsis of made-up movies based on the titles spit out to me by various random generators over at our unofficial friends, seventhsanctum.com. Usually there's like a specific generator that I, I just went hog wild and, uh, and pulled out wild like, hogs. <laughs> I went wild wild, wild things. Wild. And uh, <laughs> and it was uncomfortable. Um, so uh, there's, they came from various sources. It doesn't matter. Uh, you just got three titles and they're wonderful. Um, it's, it's fair to say that I did sort of paint Trip into a, a corner. It's mm-hmm. just uh, it's just how well he uh, he uh, tied that room together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> the random it was random, but yeah. I saw it and I thought, yeah. Um, Trip, your movie title to give us the synopsis for was Merlin abides.
3: Yes, and obviously there was exactly one thing I could do okay yeah uh so uh movie opens merlin is drunk concocting magical alcohol in his wizard cave which uh he's surprised by two thugs dressed in burgundy velvet and the uh, thugs demand he pay a ransom for a kidnapped princess uh, and they destroy his magic carpet to show him they mean business but merlin realizes he's the wrong merlin since he's from the past and doesn't even know the princess so he communes with present-day merlin on the astral plane who's busy himself in the future so Past-present Merlin goes to the future to meet uh, with present-future Merlin, uh, oh, yeah. who tells past-present Merlin to man up, take care of this, doing himself a solid, being cool about it. So uh, on his way out, past-present Merlin uh, takes his carpet to replace the ruined one, bumps mm-hmm. into the kidnapped princess in the future who flirts with him. He figures this means she gets rescued anyway, so past-present Merlin returns to the present to continue drinking himself into a stupor, as many people do. After passing out one night, though he awakens to discover the magic carpet, is gone. A few days later, present future Merlin, uh, Ashley contacts past-present Merlin, asks for his help with the kidnapping in the future. Uh, past-present Merlin is puzzled because this entails a second kidnapping, which seems suspicious, but he agrees to help himself. So he visits, uh, he goes to his local tavern to ponder over the situation, plays some nine pins, brings along his surly talking owl, Archimedes, who's constantly bragging about his travels and knowledge of the world, Uh, They're in a nine-pins league with this uh, poor little runt named Arthur. Archimedes convinces Merlin to swap uh, the the bags of gold with bags of lead using alchemy. The the, uh, ransom drop gets bungled and the kidnappers escape. Merlin and uh, Archimedes return to their cave and they forget and they leave the bags of gold they kept in their wagon. Wagon gets stolen and uh, while they're searching for it, uh, Madame Mim sends a message to the cave explaining that she took the magic carpet because the present-future Merlin owed her a favor. She doesn't seem to realize that past present Merlin is not that future present Merlin. yeah does, she agrees uh, this whole you know princess kidnapping thing it seems fishy. Mm-hmm. She suspects it's uh, the brutish and scheming Sir Kay. Um, Mim tells present past Merlin that she'll give him the rug if he can resolve the kidnapping, as she just wants some peace and quiet and nobody will shut up about it. So uh merlin enjoys himself a bath When uh, archimedes starts screeching that he found the wagon but just then sir k and some thugs dressed in gray burst in they attack merlin in his bath they threaten him with a squirrel if he doesn't pay the ransom <laughs> after they leave merlin and archimedes go check out the wagon but the bags of gold are missing mm-hmm. the trails cold they head home back to the cave and then the burgundy clad thugs there's so many thugs uh show back up <laughs> they request to meet with their boss uh, it turns out he's the king King asks Merlin if he knows who the princess is, Merlin says no. King's henchmen then knock Merlin out, and Merlin wakes up back at his house, where Mim is waiting to have coitus with him, if he consents. Mim tells him she's also a princess, and the kidnapped one is her annoying sister, which means Merlin can solve the case, because he determined he was correct. Both kidnappings were faked. The princess and Sir Kay are actually an item. They just want to flee the kingdom with a bag of gold. And the king is happy to be rid of her, as long as it doesn't require effort, or you know, he can prevent a war and other things. So oh. Merlin goes to play some nine pins at the tavern with Archimedes and Arthur to unwind and process through the whole thing. But as they leave, Sir Kay and the thugs and Grey show up and threaten, and they set his wagon on fire, demanding the bags of gold. Merlin explains he doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. He knows about the fake kidnapping. He doesn't have a bag of gold. Archimedes uh, attacks the thugs, but then Arthur collapses from some common disease, mostly tuberculosis, because, I mean, it's medieval times. They don't have vaccines or medicine, and they don't know about how wearing masks can prevent the spread of disease anyways the thugs leave because they're afraid of a wizard's wrath uh anyways uh merlin archimedes bury arthur in a they burn him in a pyre cut off his head with a shovel to ensure he doesn't arise as a vampire arthur's ashes uh not the tennis player uh dows merlin following a gust of wind uh upset at how his plans to chill and drink himself have been disrupted from all of this uh merlin finally allows himself to express his pain and frustration and he yells at archimedes archimedes finally, in turn, apologizes for his terrible behavior, and he suggests that he'll play some Mm 9-Pin. And that is the only possible (laughs) Merlin Abides movie I can think of.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. And that's exactly what we wanted. Uh, (laughs) Trip Hazard, thank you very much. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We do do plugs now in the middle of the final segment. So, Trip, uh, what are you up to? Where can people enjoy more Trip Hazard?
3: They can't. Um, <laughs> social media websites are monstrous. You shouldn't use them. You're not wrong. Uh, but check out other cool podcasts. Uh, I was going to recommend Citations Needed with Adam Johnson and Nima, Nima Shirazi. It's about media criticism, 99% Invisible from Mars. It's kind of about the design of everyday things. Cool. The Bechtel cast with Jamie Loftus, Caitlin Durante, mm-hmm. and Farm to Tabor with Dr. Sarah Tabor is like a really awesome agricultural podcast. Cool. Uh, register to vote, vote, for the Senate, join a union if you can, serve your community however you might. Bank responsibly. Abolish the Senate and Electoral College. Solidarity
1: forever. All right. Uh, so just a little bit of, a little bit of light civic responsibility there from uh, yep. Trip Hazard. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> do as many of those things as you can. Abide.
3: Yeah. Abide if you will. Exactly. Fair minimum abide.
1: See, there you go. You tied it together.
3: Uh, <laughs> Aviva,
1: hey there. Um, hey. Thanks for hanging out um this this one seemed like it would be great for you when it came up having uh
2: how long have you been down in LA now um I moved down like a year and a half ago but I also grew up in LA
1: oh okay well then then you should uh have extra insight on the (laughs) the synopsis um of the movie that you were given the mutants in Los Angeles yeah yes
2: yes (laughs) yes So Jessica just moved to Hollywood from Ridgewood, New Jersey. She played Al Faba in her high school's rendition of Wicked, and she just started taking improv classes at the UCB theater. Mm-hmm. Everything was going amazing. When suddenly she got a callback for a Sunchips audition. She didn't get the part. Then something crazy happened. She was acting in a student film, getting paid an experience, mm-hmm. when all of a sudden the director started acting really weird, said he was feeling kind of funny, started saying things like, are people Keto, but in a gurgly zombie voice. Then the writer turned into a zombie, then the PA, then another PA, then the office PA, then the key grip, then the gaffer, then the production designer, then the script supervisor, then the director of photography, Mm -hmm. then the prop master, then the makeup artist, then the assistant camera operator, then the second to the assistant camera operator, and even the best boy. Will Jessica finally get cast in her dream role as the hero? Coming this fall, the mutants of Los Angeles. (laughs)
1: thank you aviva seagull mutants of los angeles um uh, speaking of the mutants of los angeles how uh how can people enjoy <laughs> aviva seagull uh what are you up to you got shows you got social media uh what's what's how would you like people to find you
2: you can mostly find me on twitter at live Laviva loca which i'll which i'll try to put in the twitch chat hmm. um and Also, if you follow me on there, you can see me plug my show Talkies, which is tomorrow. And it is every first and third Friday. And it's kind of like a multimedia comedy show, Um, like videos and characters. And uh, it's really fun. Come check it out.
1: That's awesome. Actually, I had I'd wanted to check it out in San Francisco. uh, And now I just realized that you guys have. How long have you been doing it online?
2: Online, um, I think like five months. Oh, okay. Well, shit. I'm not very observant. Uh, <laughs> send, send you a link.
1: Yeah. No, uh, I think uh, someone already shared the link earlier, but feel free to post that in the chat again. Yeah, I definitely wanted, okay. I've, I've wanted to see uh, Talkies when it was live. So now it seems like it lends itself pretty well to uh, an online show.
2: It, it works. Yeah, it works out. Definitely. Cool.
1: Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, Tyler. Tyler this will probably be brief. Um, where can, <laughs> where can people people find and enjoy Tyler Kinney?
0: It can't. Yeah, yeah. You can't find me. You can't enjoy me if you find <laughs> me.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: Uh, I've. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had something to, to fill this void, but no.
1: That's all right. I'll make sure I get you in here uh, more often. Um, all right. I'll plug this show. Yeah. Yeah. That makes- We'll keep throwing you the the lifeline of, of creativity that will be the stab show. Uh, we'll just overdo it. We'll have you too much. Uh, and no one will complain about it. Um, you are beloved. <laughs> I that want, means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get mushy. Um, <clears throat> Tyler Kinney, let's finish off this show. Your movie makeup. Uh, give us the synopsis. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> this was like a random romance novel title or something. So uh, this makes sense. Uh, you don't have to have taken it that way. That's just where I got it from. Give us your movie uh, synopsis for "The Falconer's Flirtations."
0: <laughs> the Falconer's Flirtations is a sec- uh, '70s exploitation <laughs> grindhouse film. And it follows the sexploits of Jungle Dave. <laughs> a falconer with a thick mustache and a nose for sticky situations. After a particularly thrilling bird of prey demonstration at a Noah's Ark-themed petting zoo, he catches the eye of femme fatale and single mother Deborah. She approaches him as he signs autographs for his adoring child fans. Within earshot of children, she coyly asks Dave if falcons are the only animal he has complete command over. (laughs) Again, within earshot of children, he jokes that he once tried to train a crotch condor, but it was far too wild. She glances at his skin-tight safari shorts and insists on coming back to his place, whispering, you can leave the falconer's glove on. Back at his bungalow, he heads to the bathroom to wash his balls and steel himself for what promises to be a furtive pre aid smash sesh. He emerges wearing nothing but his leather arm-length glove, only to find his conquest to be frantically being deep-beaked by his number one falcon, Leon. (laughs) Deep-beaking is exactly what it sounds like, but more gross. Gazing upon the primal tableau, Dave is at first betrayed, and then intrigued, and then disgusted, and then intrigued, and then pensive, and then intrigued again. He soon shrugs and dives into the fray of the sexual tangle of talons leather and aquanet what follows is a cross-country interspecies love triangle chased by the the, uh, jungle dave is haunted by his lifestyle Uh, is she just using him for falcon access does she have any interest in his crotch condor does he have Does she have any interest in his actual condor? But aren't his birds just an extension of himself? Yeah, that's what he's going to tell himself. It's cool. Nothing weird about tag teaming a single mother with a bird of prey. Adventure unfolds as a bitter lawman with an ax to grind and a closeted feather fetish pursues this flock of unlikely lovers across the American West. Will they outrun the law or will the law outrun their love? You'll just have to buy a bootleg VHS from a deviant in a camper van to find out.
1: <laughs> Falconer's flirtations. And that's that. That, as they say, is Stab. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you one more time to Trip Hazard, Aviva Siegel, Tyler Kenny for all that sweet, sweet Stab. If you found yourself a fan of the particular brand of smart dumb, clever stupid that is The Stab Show, why not check out the other 234 episodes, yeah, uh, it's true, available wherever you can find podcasts, like The Apple Podcastery, Ye Olden Stitcher, What's Always in Spotify, and Off With Their pod knife. And if you want to catch The Stab Show live, be sure to tune in every week to Stab Comedy Theater TV at 8 p.m., because that's where it lives! Like, for reals! So, until next week, this has been Stab, and including this last time, I will have said Stab in this outro eight times, including this one. Stab! Good night!